0: It's not necessarily the act of clocking in that's an issue. It's the act of needing to clock in. Yes. That's the issue.
1: Hello? Is there somebody there?
0: It's to deliver us some evil podcast, motherfucker. No, no, no. No. And that is why this podcast needs to start making us some ends, that way we can stop doing bullshit
1: jobs. (laughs)
0: Hello everyone, welcome to Deliver Us Some Evil. I am No Clocks, Eli motherfucking Newton, and today I am joined by the lovely, voluptuous Mel November. Mel, say hi to everyone.
2: Hi there.
0: All right, Mel, today we got a good episode, it's it's a killer episode, we've been doing a lot of those lately because there's a lot of fucking psychos out there doing shit. So I figured it's pretty good to uh, move away from like the more like cannibalism side, the incest side, the uh, the finding bitches hacked in half in California side, and do something that like really reaches the hearts of young Americans, especially young Americans in the eighties. Talk about teenagers! Teenagers! was that song it's like they're gonna give you a smirk and clean up your shirt or some shit like that. it's like a what the hell it's, like I a, don't song. Know it's a song is. about teenagers who like go crazy and like shoot up their school and stuff okay. it was like popular when i was a kid oh yeah, it was, it was. It was like it was a. It was an all right song, and even though I don't remember the <laughs> lyrics and totally fucked it up. But that's okay because I'm a millennial and we just appropriate really, whatever we see yeah. and make it our own. <laughs> it's like that reclaimed art where you take like headphones and like glue like seashells to it and say it's reclaimed. <laughs> no, you stole it. You made it and worse, and now you're selling to it to it. me for like yeah, a sixty dollars as you're Selling up-mark. it down to
2: the seashore. Oh my
0: god. The <laughs> I've I haven't seen large bodies of moving water in close to like a decade.
2: Yeah. Isn't Actually, that weird? It's this fucking point.
0: weird, man. I, I live in New York. And like yeah. not the city, but like I live in New York. There's like the Hudson River right there, and I just don't go out and see it yeah. ever. All right, let's get back to the teenagers. Today, Mel, we are covering the Ricky Casso aka the Acid King case. And, like, the 80s, right in the middle of the satanic panic. Oh, hell, Satan. Six, 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 ACDC. You were, like, a kid in the 80s. Yes. Do your parents think that you were, like, masturbating with a crucifix and sacrificing, like, goats in the woods while listening to, like, heavy metal?
2: Hey, man, I couldn't even get anybody to play D&D with me. I had the books and everything. You were a books fucking D and D nerd. Couldn't get anyone to play D and D. That's like
0: the worst time to get anyone to play D and D. It's like the simultaneously is in, it's, it's it's the worst and best time. Best <laughs> time because that's when it was really popular. But the worst time because anyone involved was automatically like burnt alive by a Christian.
2: None of that stuff ever reached me. I Never heard any of that stuff when I was a kid.
0: Well, you, like, where did you live?
2: <laughs> Mostly in my head. I spent well, th- a lot of time by myself. Lithium
0: is one hell of a drug, isn't it? <laughs> so, yes, we're going to be co- covering the Acid King. So, on June 16th, 1984, a boy named Ricky Casso murdered his 17-year-old acquaintance slash enemy, Gary Lawyers, in Northport, Long Island. Hmm. Uh, there was Jimmy Troyano and Albert Quinones were present when the murder took place and might have even aided in the process. So it's definitely one kid murdered a kid, but it's possibly three kids that had helped, had all done it.
2: And this was in, what did you say, Long Island?
0: Yeah, Long Island, North Park area. Huh. Yeah.
2: I didn't hear about it when I was a kid. Really? I mean, I was like Like, 11 years old. I don't know. So you obviously didn't
0: read papers back then? No. So the murder occurred right in the middle of the satanic panic, which only led to the media further sensationalizing the case because. That's what you do in the satanic panic, you know? You got like a like a like a preschool or elementary school where the kids are talking about being flushed down toilets into like rape, murdered, satanic torture dungeons <laughs> in the basement and then like people just believe them.
2: Yeah. And then you I've end since up read like yeah. I some things about yeah, it, but, but I mean at the time I was a kid, I don't know. And we'll
0: we'll on. cover cases like that because I actually love the like the whole history of the satanic panic. It's like our modern day version of like the witch trials. Yeah, it It really is. is. And again, the witch trials, it's like, that's why you don't listen to little kids. Hmm. And then we're seeing now with like the me too movement. Yeah. You don't listen to women just because they're women. So maybe we should learn a lesson. People, American viewers don't listen to people in general. I don't give a fuck who they are. Yeah. Except for us. us. Obviously listen to us. And if you feel, feel so inclined, send us some like, like and if you feel so inclined and you know someone who owns a brewery send us some alcohol send us some <laughs> beef jerky we, we will drink it on the on show the air, we will on the air. we will and stick we will, the bottles up our we ass will we will judge it we will judge it we will tell you it's good give no matter you
2: all what all the all the review man with all yes, the because we words love
0: alcohol and we of need the alcohol and shit like
2: that yeah
0: after some of the research episodes I've done I need alcohol <laughs> so if you know anyone you want to send it to us hit us up on our email that I'll put at the end of the show, and yes. we will definitely get reach back <laughs> out to you and let you know how to get it to us. Yeah, so so the murder occurred right in the middle of the Satanic Panic. Everyone was freaking out. Uh, and just for those who don't know, the Satanic Panic was a time period in America where conservatives were obsessed with the effects of, this, of Satanic and occultic imagery that their children were being exposed to through heavy metal music and in tabletop role-playing games.
2: Yeah.
0: So like the nerdiest
2: thing in the world.
1: <laughs> they they
0: also feared video games like like the the, the cabinet the video, early games. video games, yeah, too. like Pac Man, all that shit. Yeah, and that was also up there, but not as bad as D and D. Like D and D got it the worst because they literally have like demons and devils and la, 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 bitches
1: eating pussy. <laughs> you know, because
0: D and D like sounds cool, and then you get to playing it, and you realize that it's just like the one nerd who gets bullied a lot wants to be the dungeon master and just put their inflict their pain on everyone else by controlling them like the little pawns in on the table and you've it's had just, some
2: experiences, haven't you? I have. <laughs> I
0: have. Life is nothing but experience. Yeah. So uh yeah, um people heard more about the satanic ritual aspects of the case and what T shirt Casso was wearing when they arrested him than they did about what actually happened. No one oh, no one okay. cared about what happened. No it was all really, the sensational shit they the sensational wanted to hear about. Shit. They wanted to hear about the ACDC t-shirt. They wanted to hear about the acid, dr- all the drugs they were doing, all the sex oh. they were having. They wanted to hear about the devil. La, 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 la. You know, cause Christians are obsessed with the devil. Mm-hmm. They swear they don't worship the guy, but they talk more about him than they do about their savior.
2: Hmm.
0: Isn't that weird? It is. Yeah, so they, they wanted all that. So the media painted Gary Lawyers as a troubled kid, Who had potential, while Casso was this amorphous aspect of evil. Dusthead dipshit kid, despite both coming from the same affluent area in Nassau County.
2: Oh, oh, okay. So
0: these kids are from like like rich kids, or at the very least upper middle class. I would say lawyers was probably a rich kid. And uh Casso, his dad was a school teacher, like a local teacher, kind of like a hero. Like it's kind of weird. Like the only thing like I heard like I found out about his family yeah. from the papers, because that's how I did most of my research for this is that his dad was a successful football coach and history teacher at the school that uh, Ricky went to. Hmm. And that one year, like like a few years before the murders, he won some sort of like Coach of the Year award for like Nassau yeah, County so he or whatever. Was, he was like a no, he was
2: yeah. known in the community. But and that was the only popular.
0: nice thing. They, they only said nice things about his dad and yeah. just not so nice things about Ricky. Oh, Which just, again, further shows that people are like, really obsessed with like the like the white bread families and yeah. wanting them to be good and this guy, this kid, this black sheep, he's the aspect of evil.
2: Oh, I see. Fucking weird.
0: But that's what makes it so fascinating to me too. Yeah. So legends began to quickly form around these kids, very, very quickly, like almost immediately the minute they rise to them, there's legends. Given the <laughs> social climate of the country at the time, the types of people involved in the case and Casso suicide two days after his arrest.
2: He killed himself? He killed
0: himself in oh, in the jail. Wow. So since Caso's parents refused to interact with the media, the majority of the information the media got about Ricky came from uh, these same dipshit teens and dust heads,
1: huh.
0: which is kind of interesting. There was this, this really good um, Rolling Stones article that like went into a lot of detail. The, the, the guy, the, the author, he, he's a really good author. I forgot his name. I don't have the note here. But just look it up. It, it, was, it was like... A, I think I'll mention it later in the in the episode, but it was a really good article. He like interviewed a bunch of kids, but the description of the kids was like S. Thompson. He had like (laughs) seventeen year old dust head. Uh, I think one was like prom queen. He had like one chick was like uh, she was she was like a preppy school girl one. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. nice. Yeah, street urchin one, street urchin (laughs) two. Yeah, so it was was what you would expect in like a Rolling Stones magazine like article but yeah that, that just shows you the reach that the story got yeah that the stones got involved you know yeah so uh we i gave you the overview of the case let's get right into who these people were who the kids were yeah because to me that's more important than all the satanic shit you know we will be covering that shit it's i want to know about the kids what do you think
2: yeah i do too and this is something that I I was living in New York in New York State at the time, but I was a kid. I was like ten, eleven years old, and I didn't hear anything about this. So really, and, yeah,
0: do you just not fucking read a paper ever?
2: <laughs> hey, I was. I, was, I mean, I, was, I, I, I
0: can't imagine like you being raised on TV not seeing this case. Were you watching like the Jeffersons and not like the news? Oh yes,
2: literally the Jeffersons. No, yeah, that was one of the shows. Uh, fa- that fair was, like, that fair was like enough. the evening show. I,
0: I would probably watch that more than I'd <laughs> want to watch the news too. I
2: didn't watch the news. I I didn't watch the news till I was. I, I'm older.
0: surprised your parents didn't like. Like your parents weren't like seemingly obsessed with like the social climate of our country at the time.
2: My parents didn't talk to anyone
0: okay see now now you're now you're making more sense
2: <laughs> yeah it's probably the most important thing you yeah. need to know about my history yeah.
0: they, they they didn't talk you don't talk
2: <laughs> yeah. it's hard
0: enough i gotta whip you into being a talking parrot just to get at you on the show sometimes <laughs> all right so ricky casso he's the bello bell of the ball he's the number one you know center focus this story so let's just get right into him so ricky casso was born in march of 1967 so he's older than you. Yeah. So, yeah like like, like I want to say he's about like 17 during the time of, of the murder. So That like, makes sense. Yeah, I think just about everyone's 17 involved in this. Okay. So uh, he was born to a well-off middle-class family in Northport.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Ricky Casso was, uh, growing up, was not a bad kid, but he definitely seemed to be a bit lost, kind of like most kids in the 80s. Yeah, they're just lost walking sense. around. No, worries, no, nothing to do. nowhere to go. There's no war for them to really like right. get stuck in because you know, like Vietnam happened. So, like, you're in high school, seventeen. They're like, okay, go have three kids and then get in the war. Yeah. So he had a little bit more time to be a kid, but there was nothing to be a kid for. Right. Because everything he fucking liked, tabletop board games and ACDC was satanic and bad. Yeah. So Ricky was a very good-looking young man whom many girls admitted, even in the interviews that they did, for, like with papers and magazines. Yeah, they admitted they had crushes on him until he started to get a bit weird, which was sometime around fifth grade.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So like they all say, he was
2: cute. I wanted to suck his dick, but like, and then like, he, he got, got weird. weird. Yeah, he got a little weird around fifth grade. So what 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 exactly is weird in this context? Well. Though?
0: We will we will get into that okay. at some point. Um, the whole story generally is a bit weird.
1: <laughs> it kind <laughs> of okay. reads like
0: a Hollywood like manuscript.
2: A good but- manuscript or a bad one. <laughs>
0: Mild porn.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, but like
0: just really bad like teenage rom com oh, that like s- just takes place in the Satanic Panic that ends very badly. Oh
1: my god. Okay.
0: Uh, so there were stories of Ricky singing songs he wrote to girls while he played the guitar. So he very quickly <laughs> developed what most guys do to get pussy in college, where you you learn one chord and you just sing Wonderwall. And that's right. it. That's all you do. And you don't have to sing the song. You just go, Girl, you're my wonder wall. And the <laughs> pussy gets wet and the panties drop. <laughs> it worked on you. I can just tell by the way you're smiling that one of the fucking guys is just like, You know no, what? No. I'm going to get in there. You're my no, wonder no, there, wall. No, but there was a guy who Mel, was. Mel, 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 put your panties what? back on. I'm sorry. <laughs> the effects are too strong. Put your panties back on.
2: God damn. No. There, there was a guy who was uh, one of the uh, hall monitors or whatever in a dorm who actually would play guitar and I would I would actually stop and listen to him play guitar.
0: Did he sing Wonderwall?
2: No. I can't even remember what he looked like,
1: but you I love guitar. You see, that this shows
0: that women <laughs> yeah. in college are dumb and don't need to be there because they just fall for any guy with a guitar. It's like all those like women and like like 80-year-old women in like the 70s in Boston who got like strangled and murdered and raped. They just fell for a guy with a photo camera. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, as a guy, to get ac- complete access to a woman's apartment, just carry a guitar, carry a photo camera, and that's all you have to do. You don't even have to be good looking. And they just invite you in to <laughs> what, what is them. it that
2: you always say? Anybody can call themselves a photographer? Yeah,
0: anyone can call themselves a photographer. All you need is a fucking camera. And everyone has a camera today because they all got phones and shit. So yeah, the, the songs that Ricky played, however, were not Wonderwall. They, were, they weren't even Oasis, which I mean, <laughs> if you listen to Oasis and you're not like an 18 year old, like angsty teenager, you deserve to kill yourself. You need <laughs> to kill yourself. You know, so the songs that Ricky sang to these girls were mostly written and composed himself and wow. were about his love for Satan.
2: <laughs> okay, so I'm getting a hint as to what weird was. Yes,
0: but they said it was kind of cute. And I put that in quotations. Kind of cute, especially when he put on those eyes. Oh. So he gave them the eyes, Melody. He <laughs> gave them the, 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 the Aleister Crowley red? eyes. You know, the ooh, the, let's take ayahuasca, go out in the desert, and let me fuck your husband in the ass for three days straight and bring him back a broken man eyes.
1: Oh, my God. Ooh, yeah.
0: He gave you the Rasputin eyes. Ooh. <laughs> I smell like shit, and I am a Christian guy sometimes. Let me eat your pussy. Uh, Rasputin. Vodka. Nice. Vodka, comrade. Oh, the Zarina suck suck on my dick all day. Oh. <laughs> See, my accents are getting better, even though I don't know what the fuck that was, because they kind of went like weird Chinese Mongolian route. More (laughs) Mongolian than Russian, honestly. (laughs) So yeah, he, uh, starting as a young teenager, Ricky would often smoke pot, angel dust, drop acid, and do whatever other drug he could get his hands on to make himself feel better, Mel, because he wanted to feel better. He just wanted to feel better. And honestly, I get that.
2: I know. Being a teenager
0: do. sucks. You want to smoke pot, you want to drop acid, you want to go fuck the MILF next door. And sometimes you get the opportunity and sometimes she's not a pedophile. But you wanna do stuff and your parents says no, so you do it anyways.
2: Yeah, that's what other teenagers did.
0: Yeah, you, that, that wasn't you watched what I the did. Jeffersons and you ate like frosting out of the container with your finger. No. No,
2: no. You weren't one of those kids. I don't even know did canned you, frosting exist in my ear. I, never, I don't know. I never. I don't know. Like, like
0: you didn't like pour like Hershey syrup into like the oh, peanut Hershey butter jar syrup. and like mix oh, it oh, up no, and no, then no. like eat Hershey that. Hershey
2: syrup, you just drank, ate drank right out yeah. of the container. <laughs> I, I knew a kid
0: who would like, who like who would get like milk? a spoonful and he would like get a spoonful of peanut butter and then he have like a bowl of the syrup and he would like stir it into the syrup and then like he would just lick it off like eat it off the spoon.
2: Okay, that's pretty gross. No, the, honestly. Not that I don't like honestly, I put I felt chocolate like he, chips in peanut butter and then just <laughs> like, eat it at the jar.
0: I felt, I, Never I felt done like he that. was fucking it up <laughs> because instead of using the syrup because it stays wet and drippy and all yes. sticky, you use a shell. You the like, shell yeah, you, yeah the you, shell you,
2: stuff never tasted like chocolate yeah, to but,
0: me but you use the shell so that hardens and then now it's like an actual thing like you can eat it's all
2: grainy and i never liked it it's because
0: you didn't get good shell you just got the hershey's slave chocolate the, oh sorry the nestle slave chocolate i don't want to say hershey's is slave chocolate because i don't know but i know for a fact nestle is slave chocolate official podcast position <laughs> world according to mel <laughs> See, that's what it feels like to be on that side. So yeah, so he wanted to make himself feel better. And the first time Ricky did acid, he was in the seventh grade during art class. What's the first time you did acid?
2: <laughs> I've never done anything like that. Oh,
0: you fucking early.
2: Or anything really. Anything. How did
0: you get on the show? Was like who vetted you? Like who did you give your application I just... to? <laughs>
2: I just happened to, to live in the same apartment with uh, a, a very interesting man named Elijah Newton.
0: He sounds like a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to tell him he's going to have to just microdose you. <laughs> just let you see the devil. La, 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 la. Yeah, so uh, during art class, he had drawn a dragon on the chalkboard and sat down and like stared at it. And it began to move. And he told people that it was moving okay that was his first trip kind of sounds like he's lying but hey i don't know my my first trip was like i was at like this poolside with like a older woman she was very very lovely and like i had like a whole like gallon baggy like freezer bag of shrooms just poured into my face and i saw myself being born in outer space interacting with the devil and dying so I saw my my beginning, my middle, and my end while poolside. So yes, it's Interesting. fun. Interesting. Yes. See, you have to do drugs to understand, Mo.
2: I'm glad I don't understand. <laughs> but it,
0: sometimes it wasn't even like you would like see it. You would just have the impression that you felt it. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, not admitting that I've ever done anything illegal ever in my entire life because I am a good boy. Uh, let's get back to the bad boys ricky casa was destined to be a bad seed and i put that in quotations as the first time ricky got into trouble he was in the eighth grade Hmm. so he got a little weird in the fifth grade started doing drugs in like the sixth or seventh grade and then eighth grade he started getting in trouble with the law mel or in trouble in you know what the conservatives in the '80s thought was trouble because they're fucking weird. Because like, he
2: didn't say no. He he gave in to peer pressure.
0: No, no, actually, uh, <laughs> the first time Ricky got in trouble, he dared to steal a container of high C from the church.
2: Churches Still, have high C.
0: I guess like the youth youth center or whatever had like a box of like high Although C.
2: Why would you steal that?
0: Apparently he liked high C. He was thirsty and he'd stole a juice box from the fucking church.
2: Wasn't it a juice box? Yeah, high
0: C. It's like the like fucking like <laughs> fruit punch juice box bullshit.
2: <laughs> I'm just picturing the packets, like
0: yeah, it's like the little tetra packets. You shove this fork, you shove the uh, the straw in the top, and you you know you squeeze it, and then boom. And I know. I'm just wondering you're if just we thirsty had juice after. boxes back then. this is like the 80s so there had to have been some sort of juice box i mean wasn't there capri sun around at the time when was capri
2: sun invented i don't know wasn't sunny
0: d like a thing in the 80s too you know
2: i never had that
0: i had it once it's not bad it's really good vodka Uh and rum yeah so so many would draw the connection between him stealing from the church and his later worshiping of satan
2: because he stole high seed. Yeah,
0: see, welcome to the satanic panic. They say, he was a bad seed. Well, what did he do? When he was in eighth grade, so he was like 12 years old, he stole a juice box from the church. <laughs> he's an evil motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, brother. it's a slippery slope. Apparently, it's a very slippery fucking slope. <laughs> and, but then again, the Christians always said that everything was a slippery slope, and look at how right they were with the gays. Oh, it's okay. I'm allowed to say that cuz I have had at least one dick in and around my mouth. And I'm not even ashamed of it. So I'm allowed to bash the gays. I'm also kind of Jewish, so I'm allowed to bash the Jews. <laughs> right? Like like, like that's I how it works. I may have to see your papers. see see now that that's anti-semitic sir we 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 are dealing in a society where anti-semitism is growing and
2: and people like Kanye West is allowed to to yell at my people and
0: call my people evil because we just happen to be in everything including radio and music industry and control the media but just because we happen to be that way it's anti-semitic to say so i will not i love how the spokesperson who came, out, who came out to criticize
2: him his name was like goldstein or something yeah yeah it's like the most jewy
0: name out there. It's like goldstein <laughs> it was like it was like the like the anti-defamation league <laughs> president and i'm like of course it's being run by a jew of course because everything's run by a jew our podcast is run by a jew by blood not 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 faith but he bloodline he's a jew yeah Yeah. So Ricky was a bad seed. He was a bad boy. Very bad boy. He was a bad boy. Five bucks says you don't know what that reference is from.
2: I have no idea.
0: You need to watch Rain Man. Come on. He's a bad boy. He's a very bad boy. So it's likely that uh, he suffered from depression his entire life and other conditions that were only exacerbated by the drug use and the fact that society was growing more and more paranoid and he was being pushed more and more into the things that made kids groovy
2: groovy
0: drugs rock and roll sex oh i would say sex drugs and rock and roll but that might get us sued by whoever invented that because i'm
2: again
1: <laughs> might have been matters. a jew might have been a jew who invented
0: that and i don't want to you know fuck with the the semi, semi you know like propagandist machine and shit I, we gotta get off the jew thing right like like like, well, like we were stuck on that. at least i'm stuck on that like, <laughs> like, i got like a million more jokes about it i'm like oh i've I, heard like, some of your
2: really we're, we're, really we're awful. one joke Let's
0: away we yeah, weren't we're one joke away from being from kanye being. west and i'm like kanye west i don't have the kind of clout to get away with it <laughs> i'm literally riding on my bloodline <laughs> to just to be able to bash all these motherfuckers <laughs> So he uh he began to have a tumultuous relationship with his white bread family cuz he was like a uh, he was like that groovy cinnamon raisin bread and his family was wonder bread.
2: Which isn't even bread.
0: Exactly, but they're like cookie cutter, phone. they're like the cookie cutter white family in the burbs. Yeah and you know honestly every sitcom has ever portrayed this got it pretty much just dead on yeah um yeah which often led to disputes ending with ricky being thrown out of the house Hmm. so back in the day you could just like kick your kid like your 12 year old kid out of the house and say don't come back and he wouldn't end up getting raped and murdered apparently Hmm. the times have changed yeah ricky was as far from the type of people that his family was Mr. Casso was a history teacher and football coach who won Coach of the Year in Nassau County several years before the murders, while Ricky was the kind of kid who would smoke dope and listen to heavy metal. It's also kind of funny because Ricky was self aware of his family's hatred for him. Yeah. So he would often tell his mom about like going to like do like drug deals that he was doing. And he would just like very publicly do drugs in front of them.
1: Oh, <laughs> and wow. like listen to
0: music loudly. Like he was very antagonistic of them, which is just Ah, I love it. <laughs> it actually makes him like a three dimensional character, yeah, rather than like a two D monster that they made him in the in the papers, right. Ricky also enjoyed torturing his mother and flaunting his lifestyle in front of his parents. Boom! Look, I'm so good. It's the next fucking note <laughs> now. Come on, suck my dick. Let's go. Uh, don't actually suck my dick. I don't want you <laughs> to eventually be able to sue me and like me to me when we get. I big am going to rich. me too. Yeah, you I know. I, 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 I am fully I prepared. We have
2: lots of stuff recorded. Yes, yes. That I've been pressing that button earlier than you think.
0: I. Have. I can imagine. <laughs> I, I do all the editing, so I don't know how it all slipped by me. But you got this one. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, and in his way to flaunting his lifestyle, Ricky would sing his songs about Satan very loudly in his bedroom knowing his parents were downstairs and absolutely hating it. (laughs) On several occasions, while arguing with his mother, Ricky would go to the bathroom, squirt lines of ketchup across his wrists, and then showed her yelling, This is what you made me do! This is what you made me do! Uh, Ricky talked openly at the dinner table about dealing and doing drugs, and much to their ire, he would proudly display whatever band t-shirt he could get his hands on. Even if he (laughs) didn't listen to the fucking band, he had it
1: because they
0: hated it they hated their own son they hated him with a burning passion they wanted him to play football but no he wanted to finger fuck the cheerleaders and do acid and i respect that i'm sure you do honestly i feel like if it wasn't for all the murder ricky and i could have been like good friends (laughs) honestly like like i was born in 94 so like he would have been like that 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 like older like, guy who's still hung around like high schoolers because he never left high school. And like, I would have been like that impressionable young teen that he could have just like totally fucked with uh-uh. just totally to turn him to the dark side.
1: But, yeah. <laughs> and maybe I would have been a lot
0: more fun than I am now. <laughs> So whenever Ricky found himself out in the burbs of Northport, either due to being thrown out by his parents or him just running away, because Ricky would also just run away quite a bit, yeah, uh, Ricky would find himself sleeping in parks or in the cars, garages, or houses of friends. Hmm. So he just kind of sense. laid his head wherever he could. Yeah, Out on the streets, Ricky would just go out, do more drugs, and even engage in petty crimes with other street kids. So, he hung out with, like, I guess you can call them street toughs. Yeah. Because it's just, like, the other kids in the burbs that, like, got kicked out of their houses, too. And they just kind of, like, hung around together. Yeah. But there were actually some criminal elements. Like, like he would sometimes go to, like, Brooklyn and, like, hang out with, like, the actual street kids of, like, New York City and actually get up to some shit. Mm. And so... It was like a weird mix. Like he was like kind of like that rich kid who thought he was tough because he did acid and slept on the pavement. Right. But it turns out he's just a burnout piece of shit compared to a lot of like the actual street toughs. But he right. got an education very, very quickly on his dif- on the differences and actually kind of gained a little bit of respect from some of them mm. later. Which is kind of nice. So, in the legend of Ricky Casso, there are stories of him driving with friends to the South Bronx, where they would hang out with the with the actual street toughs, breaking the cars, stealing stereos, doing hard drugs, and engaging in a satanic ritual murder.
2: What?
0: Yeah. So again, these are all just like you know like dipshit teenagers who like to smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. Telling stories about Ricky. After, oh, okay. he died. after he died so it's it's likely he was going to south bronx it's likely he was hanging out with these kids he was definitely breaking into the cars and stealing stereos because that's how most of them funded their drug their habits drug habit. yeah he was doing harder drugs he was selling drugs at some point and it's likely that he was engaged in like satanic rituals but i wouldn't necessarily say ritual murder that's probably more just like a creation of the Satanic Panic itself. Yeah, he was more involved with other kids who were just obsessed with Satan. Because Satan was really big this around this time. Hmm. So it was rumored that it was in the South Bronx that Ricky became obsessed with Satanism. Uh, so like what we what we do know about Ricky at the, around this time is that he was in fact become involved with a cult. I put that in quotes, known as the Knights of the Black Circle. He was actually involved with them, which really was nothing more than a a bunch of students from Northport High School, and he did deal drugs. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, the the Knights of the Black Circle, they become a focal point for the media. They look at it and say, okay, that's a rich, that's a satanic cult. They're evil. They're this big organization. They, they, They literally made a bunch of teenagers. Like into like, this big deal. It's kind of like what my middle school did. Like when I was in middle school, we had this. Like uh, they called it a gang, but it was just like a couple kids who were like really angry. They called themselves yeah. the AMK, the Angry Midgets Clan, <laughs> and they were just a bunch of short kids who were getting bullied. And so they had like a like a notebook where they wrote like a hit list. And someone found it, and so they're like, "Oh no, whoa, we're gonna have a school shooting!" And they like freaked out, suspended the kids, did this yeah. crazy shit. I'm just like it's three kids it's not really a (laughs) gang and they're all pussies so what like they didn't even own a trench coat so yeah it's just like the media getting a hold of that and just blowing it out of proportion these are just like stoner kids i think a few of them might have lit a few cats on fire and they just kind of got together in the woods and cemeteries and drank together yeah that's pretty much all they were Ricky Castle was infamous, infamously rumored to having celebrated Walpurgis knocked at the infamous Amityville Horror House in
2: 1984.
0: Oh wow. Do you know what Walpurgis knocked is, Mel?
2: Uh I, I used to.
0: You used to? What do you <laughs> mean you used to you <laughs> just fucking like lose the knowledge? Your brain's like, oh, no, I don't hear this anymore. <laughs> and got rid of it?
2: No, I'm thinking of like crystal knock, and that's not what that is. No,
0: no. So Walpurgisnacht... knocked is uh, a pagan festival of witchcraft that's celebrated in Europe and was adopted by satanism as a core holiday.
1: Okay.
0: Uh so it's 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 celebrated on April 30th and ends May 1st. In Europe they dress like witches and they sing celtic songs and they eat food and it's kind of a nice thing. It's a very traditional thing. In America with satanists uh it's more of an orgiastic bacchanalian party. Okay. I've actually kind of been involved in those things. It was more just like an orgy on, like, Walpurgisnacht, but it's kind of nice. Uh, I would say that it's not a creation of, Al- of Aleister Crowley. It's more uh, Anton lavey Saiyanism. Okay. Because these kids were, an- were obsessed with LaVeyanism,
1: oh, which
0: yeah. I'm not a fan of LaVeyanism, but we'll do a whole episode on that because... Uh, <laughs> While I don't like the guy, I have to respect the fact that he did the most satanic thing he could, which is steal Satanism and make it powerful for himself, hmm. which is constantly... It's honestly, it's the most satanic thing you can do, but it just made it corporate, and the fucking hate him for it. <laughs> I hate you, you fucking dead man. All right. Yeah. So... Um, it's more of like an orgy. So so uh, the, the legend has it. He went to the Amityville Horror House, which we will cover Amityville at some point, nice. and just had like an orgy there
1: hmm.
0: <laughs> in 84, which I mean, there's no evidence to show that like that house was ever broken into. And I'm pretty sure people were living in it at the time. Yeah. So I'm just... <laughs> smelling bullshit on that one <laughs> so uh circle back to the knights of the black circle for a moment while described as a sinister cult by the media it was really nothing more than a poorly organized group of kids who uh dealt dope burnt cats and were just teenage dirtbags. yeah uh and here's my impression my personal impression on how the cult got started like, like, like the kids are probably hanging out in the car and it's like like dude let's like totally get this cult thing started like we should go to like the library and like look up like Books and stuff about like how to create cults and like satanism man and it would like totally be killer and all that man like hey your mom could be our leader man she's pretty groovy and she's like really hot and like i want to fuck her but like i know i probably shouldn't but like we totally should because like last summer man i saw her in that bikini and she was just so hot And she totally wanted my dick, man. And she's like got those powers, you know? Like, remember when she got us to talk with Jim Morrison through that table, man? Yeah, that was sick. We should totally start a cult.
2: Probably went something like
0: that. Uh, It actually, it kind of definitely went like that. Some of those things I said were actually quotes taken from people who said that's how the cult got started. Apparently, uh, these kids had an obsession with Jim Morrison and wanted to talk to him. And uh, they actually like a lot of people would say that Ricky's drug habits would be like Jim Morrison, which. I don't even think Jim Morrison was that heavily into drugs. Like, I know he did some, but like, I don't think he was like, like Hunter S. Thompson levels of like drug abuse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, 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 I wasn't like, Ricky's an like ass head. I'm like, yeah, he did a lot of drugs, but it's more because like homeless people do a lot of drugs. It's not do a lot of drugs and have a functioning life. Like, the people <laughs> who are famous for doing drugs and having a semi functioning life.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that, that's kinda actually how it went, but like I totally just, you know, I took a little artistic and thing with yes. the mom. Cause like everyone always has that like that mom, like that friend who has that mom with like the big tits who you know she cheats on her husband and you wish it was with you.
2: I'll take your word for that.
0: It's like the dilf. You you had a few dilfs in your life, right? A few dads who jumped their bones. No. You're like a teenage girl in the eighties. How did you not get fucked before you were like nine? If you believe all these women these days about how women like get molested all the time and blah, 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 blah. How did you like be untouched by a guy until like you're like 30s? It
2: wasn't 30s, but I I don't know.
0: (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean? You don't know.
2: I don't
1: know. You gotta get I your shit. You gotta
0: get your shit together, Mel. All right. So while not particularly disliked, Ricky Casso did tend to weird out his more straight friends and acquaintances by constantly talking about drugs, Anton LaVey, and the Church of Satan.
1: So <laughs> that, this kid that would
0: be weird. would not shut the fuck up about the Church of Satan. He didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, but he was like, "Hey man, Lord is Satan doing drugs," and I was just like. Way to kill the vibe, asshole. (laughs) So uh, Ricky Castle was often described as having a spaced out look about him. His eyes tended to gloss over as he would just stare off into the distance or trail off mid-sentence for no apparent reason.
1: Hmm.
0: Ricky Castle would get high and then just sit there and laugh at everything you would say to him. Every fucking thing you said to him, he would laugh. And if you yell at him for laughing at you, he just laughed louder. You sound and like
2: you knew somebody like that or multiple people like that.
0: I can't, I can't stand people who can't handle their drugs. Like, if you're going to snort coke with me, snort coke with me. But don't snort coke and then, like, go cut your hand off with like a sawzall because fucking demons and the Smurfs told you to do it. You can't handle <laughs> your shit, man. Handle your shit. Uh, So yeah, he would also often pretend to be crazy when he wasn't, and he would run his mouth about how how Satanic he was, and he even referred to himself as Satan. See, you don't refer to yourself as Satan. You say that you're a devil, you're a demon, but you never say that you're the big man downstairs, because half the time you say that you're the big man downstairs, he's going to grab you by your short and curlies and drag you down to hell. And every Satanist wants to get close to Satan, but they don't want to be in hell, because hell sucks.
2: I think you've seen too many episodes of Supernatural.
0: Yeah, I mean those guys go to hell like every other fucking episode. So like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, just shit or get off the pot. already <laughs> So on a few occasions, Ricky was admitted by his parents into a uh, South Oak Hospital for mental evaluations and drug rehab. It worked. Really? No, it, it never say, fucking worked. No. <laughs> no, it never so worked. That
2: young, and he was being in and out of rehab. Yeah,
0: in and out of rehab because again, his parents were rich and they wanted him to have like the milk toast life yeah uh so during one stay, Ricky had escaped from the facility ran across the uh and then ran across a classmate at the train station. Ricky had dyed his hair so he wouldn't be recognized and he repeatedly tried to approach her and tell that he wasn't getting any like closer or louder. Wait what the fuck did i? i think i just had a stroke reading my own notes <laughs> all right, let me, let me re- to follow let that. me redo let me, let me redo this whole story because I, I think i just had a stroke and just died <laughs> what the fuck am i on drugs i think i need to get like piss tested after this episode <laughs> man so during one stay ricky had escaped from the facility and in doing so, he ran across a classmate at the train station. So it seemed like oh, he was trying oh, okay. to get into the city.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, Ricky had dyed his hair so he wouldn't be recognized by anyone. So oh. he's trying to hide his tracks, but apparently it didn't fucking work. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and he repeatedly tried to like approach her and tell her that he wasn't get crazy, as he would get closer and louder. Uh. Which, Which is pretty scared, crazy yeah, scared the, yeah it's pretty crazy Scared the fucking shit out of her But in a way uh, Like she was obviously fearing That he would like Grab her and like Throw her in front of a train Because that's very popular To do in the in the city So she kind of like Was like Yeah dude maybe you aren't crazy But like maybe You should get like Totally like get help With like the drugs Or just and get shit. away from me <laughs> Yeah So like, like she was She told him like Maybe you need to get like help with the drugs as a way to like try and like say like yeah dude you're not crazy don't throw me in front of a train
1: <laughs> and uh, his only
0: train. reply to that was uh he laughed before getting on the train leaving her on the platform Aww. so she had the smarts to not get on the same train as him <laughs> fucking hilarious i love it just but yeah uh again this is something that said after his death oh okay which, it's, it's probably true. Yeah. I mean, given the kid, it, that's probably a that realistic sounds, story. sounds realistic. Yeah. So, during other stays, Ricky figured out that the right things to say to the counselors so that he could uh, get out faster.
2: Makes sense. Yeah,
0: he would often tell them that he was fine and didn't believe in Satan anymore, Despite carving crucifixes, upside down crucifixes, and like stars and shit in his skin with like sharpies all the time, he was like the he honestly. When I imagine he's like the kind of kid that like always drew pentagrams wherever he went. I
2: was thinking the same thing.
0: He's just constantly drew
1: pentagrams.
0: <laughs> just constantly, just like like when he was pissing in the snow, he's just like, oh, here's a paint, here's a pentagram, a pissagram. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's a pissagram. You know, So when you hire a midget to go piss on your ex girlfriend, he's like, it's a pissagram, extra,
2: extra wow
0: anyways yeah i got fucked up sense of humor maybe <laughs> i am on drugs and so i think of midgets pissing on women uh ricky would give the same sob story about wanting to go back to school and he would repeatedly say all of these things until the doctors believed them and would let him go yeah. which just shows that they're dumb and kind of just really fucking dumb Yeah, because they like again, it's like back in a time period where Americans like they hadn't quite figured out people are just naturally pieces of shit. (laughs) So they like they believed in the general good of human beings, which just does not exist. The 80s taught us all as a country that the general good of like humanity is a myth. We are not good. We do a lot of fucked up things. Even the good things that we do do. They're always like surrounded by a bunch of shit like you always got that one guy he's like yeah he gave like a billion dollars to the NAACP but he also raped like a hundred women and little girls in his spare time you know like all those white saviors who ended up apparently being monsters behind the curtain
2: (laughs) i'll take your word that that that
0: right there has (laughs) like just disenfranchised the entire nation but anyway so the doctors would let him go and he would just You only go, like, immediately go back to doing the same shit that got him there in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so after a few of these hospitalizations, Ricky's parents seemingly just gave up on him. Oh. Saw him as a lost cause, and Ricky, around this time, drastically increased his drug intake, figuring out the absolute maximum amount of drugs he could do without overdosing. Hmm. Hey, hey, I mean, the, the whole point, like, when you get locked into a... A, a heavy drug, you know, drug collection is to just see how far you can push it. And that is a very botched quote from Hunter S. Thompson, you know ah um, uh, yes, yes words I, to live by it, it really uh, honestly like I'm, I'm gonna reference them quite a bit because of the rolling stones connection because yeah this is like this is my area you know this is my expertise really comes to shine
1: yeah and
0: i just love l- fear and loathing man mm-hmm. if you haven't read it or seen it you need to do it it's it's literally your homework for the week <laughs> run the fucking movie do a smoke a bowl drink a handle of vodka and go watch it and eat a grapefruit
1: <laughs> that's
0: right yeah the fucking grapefruits man so uh he used to tell his user buddies that death was the greatest high and when they thought he did too much many would just kind of like stop doing drugs with him because at one oh. point like he was like oh man you're kind of like doing too many drugs man and these are drug addicts who live on the street telling them that he's doing too many drugs <laughs> uh so they stopped using with him because he would just begin to push them to do more and more than yeah. they were comfortable with. and they' were like, this kid's gonna get me the fucking overdose Yeah, <laughs> And uh yeah, so like Ricky also around this time began to find more interesting places to do his drugs. okay. So th- it's around this time that he and a bunch of the kids uh, on the streets sp- spent time camping in the Aztecia woods. I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm uh, pronouncing that properly. It's a, it's the woods in the area. It's a A-Z-T-A-K-E-A. I'm pretty sure it's as az- takia or whatever, uh, where he would really heavily abuse drugs, uh, especially ash- acid, which impressed the younger kids that hung out with him, and they began calling him the Acid King.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So he was really into impressing the impressionable younger kids. And, and he's like, still in high that. school
2: at this point? Yeah,
0: yeah. At this point, he's like 16 or 17. Wow. Uh, so while in the woods, Ricky claimed that Satan came to him in the form of a glowing tree. Well, tripping balls, absolutely tripping <laughs> balls. This glowing tree just sprouts right up in front of him. And when questioned by his friends about it throughout like the rest of his life, Ricky got all spooky and said, "I don't want to talk about it. People already think I'm nuts."
1: Oh, okay. Just
0: further, you know, embellishing on the legends that is yeah. Ricky Casso. Uh, he didn't just hang out in the dark as Takio Woods. Ricky developed the habit of also going out to the cemetery late at night with a group of kids. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: only the most hardcore kept going with Ricky, who would often smoke 10 bags of angel dust to himself in one night and try to contact Satan. Wow. Uh, yeah, so he, he would just do a bunch of angel dust, lay his, lean lean against a, uh, like a tombstone, because when you smoke that much angel dust, the world's leaning with you. And then uh, he would just repeatedly say, Say N, 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 say N. So, yeah, he was a lot of fun to be around with, especially when you're tripping balls, because uh, that makes for a good friend. Yeah, the trip guide right <laughs> Mal, can you imagine if you were like for instance Like looking into like like past The veil into like the fourth dimension And you got this fucking kid with an ACDC T-shirt next to you going Say and say and Wouldn't you just be kind of freaked the fuck out I,
2: I would be freaked out
0: yeah none of these kids were <laughs> Fucking assholes So oftentimes Ricky would bring A tape recorder with them where they All tripped on mescaline angel Dust and acid Hmm uh, yeah, mescaline's a lot of fun. Uh, definitely don't do it, kids. Don't do drugs. We don't endorse drugs. Do drugs. Absolutely do
1: drugs. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not a drug podcast. Yes, we are. Uh, Ricky was obsessed with the tapes. At like, He would record them and then he would like just listen to them back over and over and over again. And his obsession grew because he claimed that the devil had possessed the machine and was talking through them since they consistently heard strange howls and like voices on the tapes in the background.
2: Holy shit. This kid is crazy.
0: Fucking crazy. So, but Ricky didn't just stick to the late night cemetery antics that we all engaged in. Like, I spent a lot of my time in the cemetery too. But it's usually with MILFs because that's like the one area. Like, when you want to, like, fuck a kid and you don't want other people catching your fucking children, bring them to the cemetery. No one goes there.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, you know rules according to eli yeah (laughs) yeah so he he wasn't just like kind of engaged as his group began to like whittle down to even the more hardcore and impressionable ricky would engage in riskier and darker activities which leads to him in april of 1984 i think that's a few months before the murder Ricky Casso gets arrested for breaking into a 19th century grave, stealing a human skull and hand, which he brought home with him. Oh, yeah. Uh, While Ricky was awaiting trial for his grave robbing, his father reportedly kicked him out of the house for the final time. Ricky would spend the night before the uh the trial or before the court the night before he had to go to court yeah. in a friend's clubhouse in her backyard oh, where right. he spent all night talking to her about his family and he seemed to be of the opinion where like he didn't hate them he knew that they hated him but like he was just kind of more disappointed in himself than anything else so it seems like he kind of was even like you know at some point a good kid hmm who just was really more embracing the culture and loving the fact that it tortured his parents more than anything else. <laughs> uh, the morning of the trial, Ricky attempted to return to his house to take a shower and get something to eat so he could be some sort of presented presentful in front of the judge. And his father wouldn't let him in, according to to the friend. And then after court, his father left him in front of the Midway store, not too far from the courthouse. So he goes to court and his dad just like abandons him at like a gas station. Uh, yeah. having not eaten ricky asked for a quarter so he could get a bagel which is that like how prices were back then like you get a quarter <laughs> and you can get like actual food for a quarter
2: <laughs> i don't know this was 84 i yeah. have no idea i
0: don't know maybe he just wanted a quarter so he can get some drugs but like apparently he's, he according to this friend he said he wanted to get a bagel but when his father refused to like give him any help uh ricky just, like, kicked the shit out of his, like, father's, like, red Corvette and, like, dented the front, like, the door as his dad just drove away. Wow. So, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a good interaction. So, with nowhere to go, Ricky stayed in front of the Midway store, and eventually his dad did come back. Yeah. But only gave Ricky $2 and told him to never call them again. He was dead to his mother and sister, and uh, that he never wanted to see Ricky ever again. Damn. Damn. Yeah, so their their entire relationship and lifetime bonding boiled down to two bucks. <laughs> Which to to a kid on the like the street that's probably like at least one like one night of heroin, right? <laughs> I know it's kinda dark, but hey, you know fuck it yeah. all right so like about a month later ricky contracts pneumonia
2: oh my goodness yeah so
0: he's on the street for a month no contact with him he gets pneumonia and he finds himself at a long island like now this is not me you know pushing this this is this is a literally a fact i don't even know like what the fuck this even means but he was treated at a Long Island Jewish hospital. I don't know if the hospital was called the Long Island Jewish hospital or if it just happened to be a Jewish hospital on Long Island, but that's a fact. So uh, apparently no one else wanted him but the Jews. So it was around this time that his parents did come back into Ricky's life where they tried to convince the doctors to commit him uh, for involuntary, involuntary psychiatric care. His parents cited Ricky's rampant drug abuse, his obsession with Satan, and his arrest for grave robbing the month before, and uh his suicide jokes and threats and all that shit. So they had a yeah. lot of like good, valid points. And about, he was still like, under eighteen. Yeah, him like being like admitted and like yeah. you know off the street and he almost like died of pneumonia. However, the psychiatrists concluded that while Ricky exhibited antisocial behavior, But uh, was not psychotic nor a violent danger, and released him.
1: Hmm.
0: And then that's all we got for Ricky. Uh, (laughs) uh, There, there. We are going to cover more into that, but I know we. uh, I think that's a good time, good place to to start. You know, end part one and go into part two.
1: Yeah, painted Uh, a good picture. Painted a
0: really good picture of Ricky. Like he was a kid. He he was troubled. He had some issues, but not like real issues. Like he wasn't like being beaten by his parents. He had like the white upper middle class he issues just of just very, like very being like inbred and lost and just mental health or or issues that like never like really got like addressed because white people in the burbs don't like to deal with anything. They just like anything that's weird and out of place. They like just kick underneath the carpet and pretend it doesn't exist and put the blinders on hmm. So that's kind of like what happened with him. And he just got really involved in the sex, drugs, and rock and roll Yeah, of the 80s. Which, I mean, is he more of a victim of culture, like, like, like a clash of cultures, or is he just like a victim of stupidity?
2: Or ennui. I don't
0: know. No, I don't know either. But yeah, the, um, it's very interesting. I can't wait to get into part two where we cover some of the kids that were involved in the murder. Like the Gary like Gary Laurie's the victim. And a few of the other kids that hung out. So you get a real good idea of the kids that he hung out with. Oh, like the with. gang. Yeah, well, I, I would say the cult. The cult. The cult. Oh, okay. else. The, the cult you know, <laughs> they were a satanic organization, Mel.
1: <laughs> All these kids they doing acid cards. in the woods. They, they went had to business Kinko's. cards. They did. <laughs>
0: was, was Kinko's in the 80s? Look around I in the so. 80s. Yeah, yeah. They, they, went, they went to Kinko's. They spent a 100 bucks and got like a million, like, you know, with business cards. You just <laughs> fling them out car windows. So, Here we go. Join the cult, guys. See, that. That's how Jim. That's what Jim Jones didn't get. You didn't need to be a white guy in the '60s going to like black neighborhoods preaching equality to brainwash black people to follow you to like wherever the fuck, like Paraguay, wherever the fuck you decided to build a compound. All you had to do is go to Kinkos, get some business cards, and hand it out to whiteies because white people love business cards <laughs> they fucking do
1: True. and
0: on that note let's end the episode yes. uh we we got some announcements before we yes. do kick off uh thanksgiving's right around the corner you know we got a lot it to be is. thankful for we all survived the past couple of years things are going to get worse but you know you're going to really spend time with your family keep them close especially when like we decide to all start to starve because we don't have like gasoline and things that we need in this winter keep the fat ones in your family close because they're going to be food <laughs> but on that note i do want to say that you know we are going to be having a special episode for thanksgiving yes um we're gonna record it we're gonna you know, put it out it's gonna be out there it's gonna be released on thanksgiving so make sure you listen to that so hopefully this week we'll have the the two that we normally do on monday mornings and right. then we'll have the one on thursday so definitely look out for that
2: absolutely do you have any more
0: announcements mel
2: i do not <laughs> yeah i mean
0: i i don't really have a lot more myself uh we're still on facebook so if you want to go to uh deliver some evil podcast slash facebook.com check out our post i know people aren't really using Facebook. The company just really fucking took a hit. We will be on um, other social, we, we social media yeah, at some point. I just gotta stop being lazy and find the we time to do it. We gotta figure that shit out.
1: Uh,
0: we are moving to Twitter. It's not a political thing. It's just the only other social media that I am aware of. And uh, it's the only one I think I could figure out at the moment. Because despite being a millennial, I am a boomer when it comes to technology and shit like that. Because while you kids were all learning about social media, I was learning about sex and drugs. So I skipped the whole like social media, Facebook seminar as a kid. So I don't know what I'm doing. But we will figure it out. Uh, yeah, we do so have we will- our... Um, if, if uh, our anchor, if you want to go to Anchor, uh, how how do they find us on Anchor? Is it just it's the podcast Anchor name?
2: FM, anchor.fm and you can look up Deliver Us Some Evil. Yeah,
0: so go there. You will see that we are we have branched out to a bunch of different like we're places. On, we're on, we're, on Apple, essentially the, wherever
2: the, the yeah, iTunes. Yeah,
0: essentially wherever Google, you listen to podcasts, we are there. Stitcher.
1: Now. Yeah, even some like really obscure ones really, I've never even really heard heard
0: of before. We're there. So we're there. Reach out to us. Even if you don't want to use Facebook, just go there, like us, let us know you exist, let us know you're real,
1: Tell, <laughs> give us some
0: comments, you know, say, hey, you're a piece of shit. It really keeps us motivated yes, when does. you call us pieces of shit and abuse <laughs> us, especially if you spit in my mouth while you're doing it, just, ah, I love it. Man, woman, dog, it doesn't matter. And uh, so I think that just leaves us for one more bit of advice, right, Mel? Yes. Mal? What is it?
2: Don't fuck in the woods. Yes,
0: don't fuck in the woods. Alright, thank you.
2: Thank you. Those of us at Deliver Us Some Evil want to thank you for listening. All of our episodes are available at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. For the latest news, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash deliver us some evil or email us at deliver us some evil podcast at gmail.com. And remember, don't fuck in the woods.